Hello, my name's Will Green, and this is a special series looking at Guernsey and the climate crisis, supported by the International Sustainability Institute, Channel Islands. In our final interview, exploring a key theme from the COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow, we're focusing on the built environment. How big a part do the buildings we live and work in play in climate change and what can be done locally to mitigate and reduce those emissions? To find out, I spoke to Alex Titheridge from D2 Real Estate, commercial property specialist. So the built environment is one of the talking points of the COP26 climate summit. But what do buildings have to actually do with climate change? Well, in a nutshell, uh, buildings are one of the single biggest polluters of global CO2 emissions. So every house, factory, office, shop or hotel or the building we're sitting in today is contributing negatively to climate change. And therefore, everyone who lives and works in those buildings has a social responsibility. Uh, But even more so, major property owners, investors, occupiers, developers and suppliers... And as you know, Will, with climate change, we're talking about extreme weather patterns globally, higher temperatures, glaciers melting, rivers drying up, etc. So everything you hear and read about in the news and you're hearing about a COP26, property has contributed to, effectively. Um, And achieving cuts in greenhouse gas emissions associated with buildings has to date proven to be one of the single biggest and most unresolved challenges in combating climate change. In terms of how much, Alex, of emissions of the built environment, how much is that responsible for? Okay, so buildings generate nearly 40% of annual global CO2 emissions and compare this to, say, transport, uh, which is roughly 24%. And building emissions are essentially a combination of two things. So first is uh, day-to-day energy use, so operational emissions, if you like, And that comes from powering lighting, heating and cooling buildings. And second is the amount of carbon which is generated from manufacturing building materials and transporting building materials and through the construction process itself. So of that 40%, the building operations are responsible for 28% annually, while the building materials construction are responsible for around 12%. But... Just quickly, and to meet the goals of the Paris Agreement, all buildings were due to be net carbon zero by 2050, and not even 1% of buildings are considered net zero carbon today. So there's a hell of a long way to go, and the industry has a huge challenge ahead and, frankly, a huge responsibility. And and obviously you run the Guernsey office of D2RE, which is a commercial real estate advisor, What can be done to help fight and mitigate climate change when it comes to buildings? Yeah, well, it's a massive question, Will, and there's no one right answer, frankly. But there are a few steps that need to be taken. And firstly, businesses need to calculate a robust carbon footprint across their portfolios. And that's to both understand emissions, but also to inform targets, creating a baseline, if if you like. Um, And this is something we're working on with our landlords And that, in turn, will have a positive impact on occupiers and, indeed, suppliers. But we do need cooperation from businesses. Um, I'll give you some specific examples of what we're doing. Um, We've been benchmarking our managed buildings 
against, well, for environmental performance against comparable buildings in the UK. And that's using REEB, which is the Real Estate Environmental Benchmark. And that's considered the gold standard for the industry. Uh, all hard services contracts, and that's the likes of plumbing, heating, lifts, for example, are to industry best standard SFG 20, uh, and that's advanced software that ensures maximum efficiency and reduces consumption in buildings. Um, perhaps even more importantly, we have detailed PPM programs, and that's planned preventative maintenance programs in place, and that's to replace older, more inefficient plants, uh, and M&E, mechanical and engineering. So that's everything that's happening behind the scenes to heat okay. and cool, lighter building, etc. Um, and that's, and sorry, going back to the PPM, that's to improve a building's energy efficiency. And at D2, we believe good property management is an absolute, pro well, it's an essential to prevent physical obsolescence of buildings. And it not only benefits l our landlords, but also occupiers who can reap huge operational benefits both in terms of cost and savings particularly when it comes to energy um, and I, I know that almost all our occupiers in our buildings have now got an ESG strategy in place. Um, a couple of other examples we're working with Island Waste at the moment on zero landfill options for our buildings. Other green agendas include renewables, some solar panels starting to go on roofs, electric car charging points, bike racks, cycle facilities, electric bike stands, LED lighting, uh, energy grid, the list goes on and on. Um, and I think important to note that here in Guernsey, we don't have energy performance certificates like they do in the UK. And indeed, we don't even have BRIAM uh, standards or BRIAM ratings. And that's the world's leading sustainability rating for new buildings. Um, so regulation has got to be important to ensure standards, particularly when it comes to new buildings. So do you think there's, there's a place as well for changes or revisions to the planning application process as well to update it, to reflect the world we live in now and to mitigate climate change? Oh, it's a perfect opportunity right now. And I think um, well, what, what a chance for governments to use planning applications just at the very beginning um, as an opportunity to vet environmental impacts um, and start to impose appropriate standards that were originally set out in the Paris Agreement. One of the other steps we could do would be reducing consumption through more efficient energy design on new buildings. So low carbon materials, uh, modular or timber construction even. Um, or, and my personal preference, um, not building at all retrofitting older buildings with new and more energy-efficient um, M&E systems, which we mentioned before, to avoid those carbon emissions that are embedded in the construction process. And if you consider um, that 70% of buildings that exist in 2050 will have been built today. We've also been seeing in Guernsey carbon offsets being purchased, and I think that, in my views, should be one of the options of last resort. Is going green also good for the owners of property when it comes to their bottom line? Uh, yes, is the answer, but at this stage, still quite hard to prove. It will reach a point where ageing, inefficient buildings will become stranded, especially as wider economies go to net zero. And so if you fall behind in that race to net zero, you'll definitely have a brown discount 
possibly lower rents in your building, longer vacancy uh, periods, void periods. Um, and I know that there has been some research that was done by Jones Lang in the UK where BREAM-rated buildings that were built to high-quality BREAM environmental standards um, outperform their non-certified counterpart buildings by over 100% in rental terms. So that's pretty compelling. And as you, well, you probably know, Will, the higher rental values equal higher capital values. So um, that's quite interesting. And I, I, that, in fact, that same research that Jones Lang did, they identified that now 82% of occupiers seeking new space are seeking some form of green space, however that might look. Uh, the green space and what's quite telling is in Glasgow itself where the COP summit's currently being held there's only two carbon neutral or two buildings that can consider themselves carbon neutral out of hundreds so you can see this massive demand supply imbalance and Guernsey itself hasn't even got one. And what's your personal hope for what comes out of the COP26 summit? Okay so uh, as a father three children um, I want them to be able to look back to COP 26 and see positive action and by that I mean a reduction in greenhouse gas emissions from the built environment um, as a result of those commitments that have been made in Glasgow this last two weeks uh, I think less talk more action from leaders uh, and they, the, the, the same people that promised so much five years ago and yet have failed to deliver a reduction in greenhouse gas emissions when it comes to buildings That was Alex Titheridge from D2 Real Estate in the final part of our special series of interviews tracking the key issues on the agenda at COP26. My thanks to him and all of our guests over the last couple of weeks. But we do have one more podcast coming your way with some reflections on what we've heard in the series and where it goes next for Guernsey. Stay tuned for that, but for now, thanks for listening.